Listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there the bush with feeling sad and lonely. Not to be confused with The Bush from Toronto, Ontario, featuring Dominic Triano, who later ended up in the Guess Who. An interesting thing about The Bush from Toronto, that's why the band Bush X from Britain had to be called Bush X in Canada, because Bush from Toronto, featuring Rest in Peace Dominic Triano, owned the copyright for Canada, but they didn't own it for the States. And there was The Bush from 1966 with Feeling Sad and Lonely. Today on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, interviews with Daniel Johnston and from London, England, Turbogeist. Right now, here's Cub doing a cover of Daniel Johnston, and then an interview with Daniel Johnston, and then Turbogeist from London, England. You'll never know. 
You are Daniel? Yeah, I've heard that. That must be me. Daniel Johnson. That's right. Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Daniel Johnson. Good. Thank you very much. I have a gift for you right off the bat from the Vancouver band Cub. Here it is, their 7-inch Betty Cola. Oh, that looks good. That looks pretty good. With cover art by Dan DiCarlo. Oh, no kidding. That is cool. He's great. I love those. I buy Archie comics a lot. Those girls look so foxy. I always buy them. And you know what's really... And you know what's really amazing about it? They actually cover, and I got another gift for you. This is on their CD. They cover Tell Me Now. All right. By Daniel Johnson. That's that. This is great. And they're from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. What do you think about that? Getting Dan DiCarlo. Yeah, yeah, he's cool. I mean, those girls look like real foxes and babes on that Archie's uh, comics. And they have some great lyrics. Draw girls. So. They have some great lyrics too, Daniel. One of them is, Satan sucks, but you're the best. Oh my. That's their lyrics. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, hmm. 
That's a Vancouver, BC, Canada lyric. Yeah, okay. Here we are in Vancouver, home of Boris Karloff. Hmm? No. I grew I, up here. I think I met him one night. We were at a pizza shop, and, and I left a slice, and he was looking at the slice on the uh, table, and I said, are you Boris Karloff? But it couldn't have been. You know, he's been dead for so long, I guess. Yes, but it seemed like it was really him. It was weird. He did work in Vancouver at the Pacific National Exhibition. Guess what else happened? Uh, I was doing a show the other night, and Elvis Costello came out and sang a song with us. No way! It really happened. It was great. I was actually emailing his manager and telling him to do that. <clears throat> That's great. Well, thank you. Was... When did that happen? How many nights ago? Uh, two or three nights ago. Oh, that's incredible. We'll have to get the footage and cut to that then. That would be cool. We, we were eating, we were traveling and everything, and there was just this guy always sitting at the restaurant, you know? And about the third day, I took a look at him. I said, hey, that's Elvis Costello. I didn't realize. You know? You've said that Elvis Costello has been in your band, haven't you, a few times. You've joked about that. Oh, I don't remember that. You know, I don't remember that. But, but back to Boris Karloff. He worked at the Pacific National Exhibition, and I have another gift for you. And check this out. This is the Beatles playing in Vancouver. That is so cool. Thanks so much. That's on my wall. Playing where? At Empire Stadium in Vancouver. Oh, that is so cool. Boris Karloff worked at the PE. Brothers, Jackie, uh, the excitement. <laughs> okay. Now, it doesn't stop there, Daniel Johnson. I have another gift for you, another PE Vancouver gift. Okay. Check this out. We have here a record of Beatles interviews. Are you at the Beatles interview? I sure am. I collect Beatles. Well, that's Beatles interviews. Lucked out today. Check this out, Daniel Johnson. It is Beatles interviews in Seattle and Vancouver. Seattle and Vancouver specific Beatles interview. Uh, that's some great. local content. Yeah. I guess that's what I was wondering about. I was looking at the devil and Daniel Johnson, and I saw this record on your Christmas tree, Ed Rudy. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You can tell the people about hanging Ed Rudy on your Christmas tree. This is like a spoken word record, the spoken word Beatles thing. Freaky Christmas that, that year. So that's, can I have this too? Uh, that maybe isn't quite for you. In there. Uh, some of the interviews are actually on the CD. That'll be cool. You can actually check out. And that's what I want to ask you about. What do you think, Daniel Johnson, about records like this? Oh, it's not the Beatles, is it? I, I understand that, but they're, it's collectible. I have some, a lot of Beatles sound like records, and I collect them. That's the Liverpool. So, so have you been fooled ever thinking it is the Beatles? Well, uh, not really. But they, I, like, like they have just a little bit more hair when the Beatles. It was funny because you know it's like they get a bunch of session men in for you know Beatlemania or they call it something. That's cool. And what's interesting is you on your new LP have a real connection to the Beatles, don't you, Jason Faulkner? Because he worked with Paul McCartney. Oh, that is unreal. He he had uh, uh, recorded recently with Paul McCartney or something. When he went in the studio, I laid down a lot of basic tracks, and he has a real Beatle feel to the music. So it's going to be. He worked with Paul. He worked with Paul McCartney. Is there any chance he could have got Paul McCartney to work on your album, Daniel Johnson? He would have told me if that happens, but I'm honestly missing by a few days. But did you once leave a whole bunch of tapes for Yoko Ono? Yeah, I went to Yoko's house and. No reply. So <laughs> you left some tapes? Sure, I did. Yeah, shirts and stuff. Now, this Guitar Hero thing that's happening, Kurt Cobain wearing a Daniel Johnson shirt in Guitar Hero. What do you think about that? Do you get any cyber royalties for that? Well, you know, about, about that title, Daniel and the Devil. You know, what is the devil and Daniel? Man, that's hardcore. That'll, that's That's got me tattooed for the rest of my life. It couldn't be worse, you know? How about the Guitar Hero video game? You know, the Guitar Hero video game has 
They're starting a video game with the uh, characters that I draw and stuff. Well, the Guitar Hero one has Kurt wearing your T-shirt, and Kurt in that video game sings some Bon Jovi. Oh, cool. Kurt, uh, Star Trek sings Bon Jovi? Yes, some Bon Jovi on the Guitar Hero. That sounds great. And if you just step up here for a second, Daniel. All right. What do you see down there, actually? I'm looking for some monster magazines. So go ahead. I'll still interview you. I'm just looking for... Uh, they have, see if they have any monster magazines. I guess they don't. Okay, well, thanks a lot for interviewing me. And, uh, well, I've got a couple more questions, and actually we have something to be able to help you out. We have Cliff over here. Cliff is your number one fan in Vancouver. Come over here, Cliff, right? Hey, Daniel. And he wondered if you could trade some comics for some gig tickets tonight. We got a Action Comics number 269. Identity has been betrayed by Black Magic. Poor Superman, that's for you. Complete run of Black Goliath, issues one through two. That is great. The party's over punks. There's a new superhero in town. Yeah. For you. Not quite a monster magazine, but a monster comic. How about that? That's a great cover. Who, who did that cover? I'm not sure. Rich Buckler. These are all gifts from Cliff. <laughs> right. <laughs> For gig tickets. There's some Jack Kirby inside this monster comic, Monsters on the Prowl. Cool. That is cool. And for you. So I really appreciate that. Sort of well, how many tickets do you want? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> how many tickets do you need? Uh, four, but... Uh... <laughs> well, tell my brother there. Tell my brother, and he'll write your name down and, and let you in at the door. Oh, amazing. Much. And the House of Secrets, uh, sort oh, of a horror. Ice cream cone gone bad. And the, and the final one, Archie in Vancouver yeah, at Expo 86. Yeah, there they are. The Archie's playing in Vancouver on stage. Oh, hey. We'll have to book more Canadian concerts. <laughs> Shouldn't we be singing in French? All done by Dan DiCarlo. Hey, do you speak more English now instead of French here? Or? It's 50-50. And one last one, Cliff, you have. A special one. Check this out, Daniel. Oh, that is nice. Veronica in Canada. Wow, city hopping. Toronto, Vancouver, Halifax, Quebec City on tour like you. Now, Cliff is giving this to you and a whole bunch of other comics as well. And I want to ask you, Cliff, you love smelling comics, don't you? I like the smell of comics, yeah. You like the smell of comics, Daniel? You know, when I'm looking at comic books and like I look at some old comic books, like the glue that they used or something, I smell it too. I'm thinking and it takes me back over the years when I was a kid and I bought the same comics and I'll say, well, this is like, it's still got the feeling of that era. We still have some more comics for tickets, don't we? A whole bunch more, don't you, Cliff? All this. We'll give it to you. Well, I, let, me, let me see here for a minute. These are all gifts for you, Daniel Johnson, from Cliff in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Okay, all right. Now, you also love tapes, don't you, Daniel? Yeah, yeah I, get, uh, I get a lot of demo tapes people send me. It's pretty funny. I'll, I'll put them on a lot and just listen to them while I'm eating or something. What's the best brand of tape? Because I noticed in your movie there were tons and tons of different brands. What's the best brand? Tron was really the best one. Uh, Yip Jump Music was recorded on Centron. Because there was Avanti too. There was Avanti, there was Sertron, Astrosonic. Right, yeah, but Chrome is one of the uh, most dangerous uh, tapes to use. You could die on it. Have you had some experiences with that? No, but I, I heard um, Leonard Skinner, Leonard, Paul McCartney and Leonard Skinner was having some trouble when I heard it because it making noise and, you know, and it seems to make scratches on it too easy. Daniel, do you have any tips if somebody wants to tape somebody secretly? You did a lot of secret taping, didn't you? What are some tips for that? Well, I, I used to be like a um, multimedia artist is what I called myself. You know, I'd take a tape recorder around and record all my friends and, you know, some of that ended up on Songs of Pain. What about for taping somebody? Where do you hide the tape deck? 
Like, what were you using? Carried around. I didn't have a, you know, just a regular. I just be carrying everything. You know, they they got used, everybody got used to it. So you know. Then <laughs> you you also worked at Astro World. That's right. That place looked incredible, but now it's gone. Of have no return. I don't know why they closed down. It was a big. Really cool place, yeah. Alpine sleigh, it was like the Alpine sleigh. Mm-hmm. And now it had like an echo chamber and it got really cold. What was Astroworld like? Like you saw a flock of seagulls there? You saw some flock of seagulls. I played football with them before the show even. You played football with flock of seagulls. What an image that is. Yeah. <laughs> were they any good? Oh they were great. They had that and I ran I ran so far away. Now from football with flock of seagulls to working in an oil refinery with a girl. What was that like working at the oil refinery with a girl? Well there were girls at the oil refinery, so I made it kind of fun to the day to joke around and stuff. But like the other day when I try when you know, you can't arrest girls too much. Like I g I've been gotten in trouble a few times with the stewardesses and uh, you know. So I don't. I, I leave the girls alone. I don't bother them as much. And I used to just, you know, have them fun, have fun with the stewardess. You know, can you get me another drink? I have no, you know, something like that. Daniel Johnson, your artwork is it still in your high school? Is it on the walls of your high school still? Oh, I don't know about that, but I'm in the yearbook and stuff. And I painted a bear. It took me all year to. They wanted me to paint this bear. Bear. From our symbol was a bear, you know, and uh, I painted. It took me like all year, and I just didn't go to classes and everything. And next year they painted over it. <laughs> so maybe if they go under the paint, they'll be able to find it. Right, right. What was the first punk band that you saw, Daniel Johnson? Well, I saw the Clash. I saw Elvis Costello in their day. You know, some good shows there in Pittsburgh. Now, I was wondering, Daniel Johnson, what role did this gentleman have here in your life? Here we have Mr. Kim Fowley. All right. This is cool. I, I never, uh, he wanted to do a record with me, you know, and I told him, sorry. I said, uh, yeah, you know, and so he wanted to see what I sound like in the studio, that I could do some studio recording. <clears throat> And when I did, I thought to myself, I'd say, hey, I'll go ahead and record an album. So it was a continued story was the album. But I never really met him. But he had a letter for me about, I'd like to work with him someday. You know, very famous Joan Jett and Cherry Bomb, song like that. All right. Also, I was wondering, Daniel Johnson, you have a song about record recording on your new LP, don't you? About records, record stores. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. What's that song about? Well, it's about uh, fake music. <laughs> For music, Daniel Johnson, on eBay recently, there was a test pressing, a Daniel Johnson Jad Fair test pressing for $5,000. Oh, man, that is unreal. Do you have any of those you could put on eBay? I really enjoyed that first album me and him did. We, uh, we do plan to get together again sometime. Daniel Johnson, you were on MTV, Cutting Edge. One person that doesn't get a lot of credit was the host of the show. What can you tell the people about Peter Zaremba from the Flesh Tones? He was the host. Do you remember him? That's right. Yeah, he was so cool. He, the flesh, I love the Flesh Tones. He got me on the show. I just showed up. They were having a lunch, you know, and we were all eating tacos, and I was, like, talking to him, holding up my tape to the camera and everything. Smooth sailing. I was famous. MTV. Because people talk about MTV, but the Flesh Tones. At the time. But it goes back to the Flesh Tones. Peter Zaremba. Yeah, I, I really like the music. I've heard them before, a, a bit of them. And do I get to have this? Probably not. Yes, that's for you. 
Thanks. I appreciate it. That'd be great. Daniel Johnson, at one time, did you almost have Lou Reed on one of your records? Well, that's another one of just uh, br almost a brush with greatness. He was there a couple days in between I was recording, so you know, I missed him. But Mojo, Mo Tuck Tucker was there, and we wrote a song for her. Me and Jad wrote a song for her. We almost had Mo Tucker and Lou Reed on a Daniel Johnson record. It would have been cool. But you did have Willie Nelson's sister on one of your records. Yeah, that's true. Willie Nelson's sister. It's true. It's true. Hey, do you have some more comics for me? Uh, yeah. That's the last bit of comics for more free tickets for the gig tonight. All right. How, how many? Uh, how many? All you want to go tonight? Sure. Okay. So how about I'll give you ten credit for ten. That's very generous of you, Daniel Johnson. What do we have here? We have a whole bunch of Jimmy Olsen, Cub Reporter, of course, for the Cub musician, Daniel Johnson. This is cool. The special gamma weapon, Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen, wrestling Viking. All right. Batman versus a skeleton. Yeah, that's great. Superman with no face, Batman with no yeah. face. Went wrong. Yeah, right. Do you have any of these at all? All right. Huh? Do you have any of these? No, I don't. These are, this is, these are just the kind of comics I collect. Thank you very much, yeah, sir. No problem. I, no problem. Uh, do you want more than 10? No, that's good. That's good. Uh, that's sure. amazing. I uh, sure thank you very much. And also, we have a gentleman here with you, Brett. Could we bring over Brett for a moment to do a song for us? You said you could do a song for us. Yeah, we can. I wanted you to do the song Tell Me Now, but you haven't been doing that recently, have you? Uh, that would be in honor of the band Cub. Tell Me Now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really remember it. This, oh, and welcome back, Carter. All right. <laughs> the Bible says never turn down a precious gift. So thanks. Daniel, here we are with Brett. Hi, Brett. Hi, Daniel. <laughs> and you got a tune for us. You sure do. This is an old song from Songs of Pain era. today but I rarely have my own way I guess that's why you're not here with me today and the librarian said you can't buy no respect I said hey lady what can you expect when I'm lying on the floor well you're a lovely lady but you don't want to be no girl of mine Well the only thing you ever done for me Was help me waste my time And I saw you at the funeral You were standing there like a temple I said hi, how are you, hello Then I pulled up a casket and called in Some kind of circus with all them clowns I said, hey, wait a minute Can't we slow down a bit? And I almost got hit by a truck Well, it just goes to show you That we're all on our own Scrounging for our own chair of good luck. 
Columbia, Canada. You know it. With bread as well. Yeah. Thank you very much for having us. A friend from uh, college. We went to college together. Well, anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Daniel Johnson? Hmm. I don't know. Anything to add to the people? Uh, maybe to say power to the people, right? I don't know. Right on. Yeah. Right. Power. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much, Daniel and Brett. Keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do. Yeah. Uh, cat me and do. Almost do do the loot do. Oh, do do. Yeah. Right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, I I really did pretty well with all this loot. Okay. Yeah. 
again, you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard The Liars with Make Her Mine. Today on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, we're going to have an interview with the band Turbo Geist, and I think they're phoning in right now. Let's see if they're there. Hello, callers. Are you there? Hello, hello, hello. Hello, 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 caller. Hi, is that uh, Nardwa? Yes, it is. Hey, it's uh, Sam from Turbo Guy. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, do you want to pass to the band? Sure. We're right on air, too. Cool. Uh, Nardwar. How you doing? Who we speak? Well, first off, oh, can you hear me? Hello, hello. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Oh, are both are both are both you guys on the phone then? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, uh, me and Lewis. Yeah. Oh, great. Me and Lewis from Turbo Guys. Great. Yeah, if you could speak up just a tiny bit, that would be great. Yeah, no problem. We'll speak loud and clear. Check, okay. check. Great. Well, I guess first off, who are you? We are Turbo Geist, Lewis and Jimmy from Turbo Geist, and next to me is Josh, the squash Ludlow, drummer of Turbo Geist. Hello. Our bass player is AWOL, missing, presumed dead, as we know it. And right his. Now. And what is his name? His name is James, James the bass man Dodson. Now, Turbo Geist, I see that you guys have been named different names. Like, for instance, Jimmy, James, sometimes you're called Jimbo Mutant Shinobi. What is that? Well, it's um, it's kind of a nod to some of the video games I was into when I was a kid. You know, um, I don't know if you're into Shinobi. Uh, I certainly was. And then uh, the Ninja, Ninja Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, they were, they were the they were the shit. They were my life. At one and point. Um, yeah, it was a, it was just a good representation of the fact that I feel like a mutant cyborg sometimes. So you know. And Jimmy, you're also known as John Turnbull. Who is John Turnbull? You're known as John Turnbull. <laughs> you, know, you know, John Turnbull was the was the guitar player from the Blockheads. You know, Ian Drury's band, um, and uh, I played him in a film. So um, I'm not actually really known as John Turnbull, but um, I I, 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 re- I, re- I re- You know, they did that song, "Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll." Oh, my friend, that's great that you were in the Ian Dury movie, though. Was that hard to get that part? Uh, I yeah, well, you know, it's just like acting's a very competitive industry. But it was, uh, you know, I, I went and played some licks, and they were like, "Yeah, come back." Um, although he was right-handed, and I'm left-handed, so um, which kind of um, kind of scuppered things, but no one noticed. And you're also known as Vivaldi, James. You're also known as Vivaldi. Oh, no, 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 no. I was never Vivaldi. Um, no, uh, that, 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 that's not true, Nardwa. I'm, I'm, no one calls me Vivaldi. You did portray Vivaldi, though, didn't you? I saw some photos of that, too. No, I did, some, I did a part in that flick, but I, never, I was never the Red Priest himself, no. And how do you like to be addressed? James or Jimmy or John Turnbow or Jimbo? What do you like to be called? Um... Yeah, Jimmy's cool. Um, James, if, if if I've done something bad and you need to reprimand me, that makes me, you know, makes me listen. Um, but you've been naughty. Yes, been and naughty. Jimmy, what can you tell the people out there about the person that's right beside you? 
his name is Lewis Felber. He's a he's a great guitar player, but also he's a he's an extravagant man, a flamboyant man, a cross-dressing kind of guy. He um he likes to pull stage dives horrendously and and um, ends up breaking his neck half the time. He, he spends most of his life in a sort of limbo state between drunkenness and hungover, um, and uh, as most Brits do. You know, he's, he's just a good representation of, of his nationalities as a Peruvian Englishman. So, you know, he's never found without a pan flute. And uh, <laughs> um, he's a good kid. And Lewis, for a long time. you are yeah. a pacemaker, aren't you? You're a pacemaker. I'm a pacemaker. So is James, our bassist, who isn't here right now. Now, who are the pacemakers? And I guess I didn't establish that you guys are from London, aren't you? You are Turbo Geist from London, but you're also exactly a pacemaker. Could you explain that to the people? And you're phoning from New York. Where are you phoning from in New York right now? Well, outstanding next to London Meats, as, as you might The meatpacking district. It's, it's a wholesale meat meat shop, I believe. It's, it doesn't smell great, but it's... Um, it's all right. It's all right. You know? Yeah, it's very. It's a very nice day in New York. But no, yeah, we are from London, and the Pacemakers is another band that me and James play in. It's a backing band for our friend Jamie T, who is from London also, South London. And you mentioned you have a Josh in the band, and Josh was made in the eighties. He's from Mutant UK. He is. He is from Mutant UK. Yeah, indeed. Now I. I find that interesting. How long has Josh been in your band, Turbo Guys? How long has Josh been in the band? I'll put this to, put this to Josh. Hey, um, I've been playing with them for about six months. And Josh, do you find it interesting that Mutant UK have a song called Turbo Hyper Mega Power? Turbo Hyper Ultra Mega Power is, is the correct, correct pronunciation. Actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I, not really. Turbo is a pretty cool word that can transcend for many things. So did you know James before you joined Turbo Guys? Like, did you know the word turbo did, was going to be important with your life? Uh, no, I didn't. I had no idea. So that song that you had, Turbo Hyper Mega Power, you had no idea when you were playing your band Mutant that you'd end up joining a band called Turbo Geist? No, no idea at all. Where did you meet James and Lewis? Well, uh, I met them... Through just uh, mutual friends, it's actually it's quite a long story, but um, yeah, I basically found him one night really late, keeping some neighbours up at my house, slapping on some tom drums. I was like, "Who the fuck is this kid?" La Bamba, La Bamba. He was playing La Bamba. Um, you know, you've got to be in a certain mental state to play La Bamba, um, and that mental state's kind of not good. I suppose they must have just like the way I was playing the congas or something, and asked me to join. Yeah. And who are the Eraserheads and Arrows of Love? More names tied in with Turbogeist. And we're speaking here live to Turbogeist from London, speaking to me, Nardwater Human Serviette, from New York City at the moment. But who are the Eraserheads and Arrows of Love? Uh, the Eraserheads is my band from London. It's the three-piece grunge band. Uh, that's the band that I kind of moved to London with when I was a lonely tramp living in the south of London in Portsmouth. And we just went there to rock out and I met a bunch of people like the Pacemakers and Jimmy, which I've known for a while. And it's just like, you know, just new band. That's my old one, Arrows of Love, was sort of a middle band that um, my good friends are in. But Turbo Guys is the only one that's really lasted the test of time so far. So. 
Well, Turbogeist, you're here. Well, you're in New York City right now, but all the action seems to be in South Africa right now, and it made me think about footballers. Have any footballers come to any Turbogeist gigs when you guys are playing in London, and in which teams do you cheer for? Because aren't there like 13 different teams in London to cheer for? Yeah, I'll take this question because um, I don't think the other guys are real. Joey they don't. They don't really like um, football that much. But um, I'm a I'm a big Arsenal fan. And beautiful life. Anyway, and so is John Lydon. John Lydon of the Sex Pistols. Pill. He loves the Gooners too. Yeah, we love Pill. We love Pill. Have you met him at all? Have you ever met John Lydon? I've never met John no. Lydon. He's a very he's a very cool guy. He's an outspoken gentleman. He seems seems to be um, you know uh, seems to be quite quite nice actually uh, when I when I read things. He's a good egg. Well, actually, I did an interview with him, and he went on and on about Arsenal. He loves the Gooners. He is just so yeah. passionate about them. Do you attend Gooners games at all, James? I I do. I try and get to as many as I can, but you know it's um. It's it's hard sometimes uh, when you when you when you're busy, but um, I, I go all the time. Uh, you know, wear my shirt, I scream my lungs out, and uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 a good good time generally. Have any of the good. footballers come to Turbogeist gigs? Because I've seen some pictures of your mosh pits, and they do seem like they'd fit right in there. Do you know what? <laughs> um, uh, they, 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 I wish they could, you know. Like, there's a, a couple, there's yeah, a couple of a couple of friends of ours that, that play football professionally. But um, the thing with that is, they've got to be very good boys, you know. They can't have a drink, they can't smoke. They're not really supposed to stay out late. It's like um, it's a very high pressure lifestyle they're living, and it kind of doesn't doesn't overlap with with our lifestyle very often. How we did play you... football though the whole time. We play soccer the whole time. How did you? Soccer. How did you end up being an Arsenal fan? Because as I mentioned, there's quite a few teams in London. Is it hard to become an Arsenal fan? Like, there's like thir- there's all these different teams. Yeah, it's, well, anyone can join. Um, you know, uh, there's no no prejudice. But I, it's just, uh, you know, um, I had a um, great uncle of mine who was a very diehard Arsenal fan and took me to games when I was a kid. So I guess that's where it's come from. But um, all the other teams, the other 12 teams in London, they can, they can, well, I don't want to use the sort of language that comes to mind, but um, yeah, Arsenal for life. And everyone in Canada should only support Arsenal if they're looking to back a, follow a, a British football team. There's really nothing else out there. They're all com- com- contestuous bastards, but... Um, and, yeah. we, and we're speaking to James and Lewis and Josh in the background from Turbo Geis from London, England, phoning into the Nardwater Human Serviette radio show from New York City. Now, Turbo Geis, your band, and we're going to be playing a couple of your tracks right after this interview's over. I'm excited that you guys have a song called Baba Yaga. You have a song called Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. Yeah, do you know, do you know, do you know about her? The Russian Witch. Indeed, yeah. the Russian. Finally, someone knows that. <laughs> we're, we're, we're like, oh, you're Baba Yaga, man. Pretty sweet song. What's it about? And um, yeah, it's about it's about a sort of, I guess, Slavic witch. Yeah. Is this the no. best name, Baba Yaga? I'm so happy that you've been able to turn that into a song. That's the way you say it, not well, Baba uh, Yaga. Baba Yaga. That's the way I've been saying it for years. I was also pretty excited. Turbogeist to see, and I'm not sure if I read this correctly. Did you play a gig with the hardcore band Trash Talk? We did indeed, and they are they are some legendary dudes. Um, I really enjoyed their show. 
they, they came and played our night. We have a club night in London. Um, they came and played it. Yeah, they, they absolutely killed it. We were like lovely chaps. But really nice guys. Really now, was nice that guys. the St. Moritz? Yes, yes, it was. That's where our night is. That looks yeah. like an interesting place. It's a Swiss restaurant, and they let you take it over? Yeah, but yeah. There's, there's, there's a basement downstairs where, yeah. like, it's the 101 and Joe Strummer's first band played their first ever gig there, and, like, Motorhead played there, Iron Maiden used to hang out there. It's, like, got, got real history behind it, but it is also a Swiss restaurant. But that's the upstairs. They do stinky fondue. Yeah. Real stinky. It gets pretty stinky up there. Was it hard to get in there and convince them to let you do a gig with Trash Talk? Because I saw Trash Talk at South by Southwest, and it was incredible. There were people every... I was very scared, actually. I mean, I loved it, but I was scared. But it was a nice sort of scared. Yeah, his girlfriend got punched in the face, and I took took an elbow in the eye. Mm. It was good times. She loved it, though. So did Turbo Geist play as well? Like, when you do the club night, do you play as well, or do you just DJ? What goes yeah, no, on then? No, we, we played. That was a sort of idea of the whole night to start off for a good platform for the band in London because there's so many bait promoters in London. We just wanted to have our own place, the perfect sort of setup. But, yeah, we play every now and again. Yeah. And I DJ there every week with our manager friend, Sam, who you also know. And we're speaking to, right now, James and Lewis from Turbogeist from London, England. Am I right to say from London, England, or is that wrong to say from London? Where specifically? No, you, could say, you could say, well, we're from, well, I guess we're from Kentish Town at the moment. Yeah. North London, England. You can say London, England. That, that's fine. That's, that's from funny. Kentish Town. I like that. Kentish Town. Yeah. yeah. When you guys started out, were you a Misfits cover band? We did. That was the intention. We, we, we deviled in that. We had a band called the called the Shit Fists, and uh, we we tried it out. It, it, it didn't it didn't really uh, it didn't it wasn't the most inspiring thing. I love the Misfits, and I'm a huge Danzig fan. I think that guy's guy's a bit of a legend. But um, yeah, we, we 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 quickly realized we wanted to do our own material. More. It lasted about two days, basically. That's what well, what, I'm, what I was interested about is, are you interested yourself? And I love the word interesting, and there's a lot of interesting things about Turbo Geist here on an Artwater Human Serviette radio show. Was the Misfits cover mystique? Do you know all the different Misfits cover bands that there are out there? Like, for instance, there's one from Portland, Oregon, my favorite one ever, called the Miss Fats, the fattest Misfit <laughs> tribute band ever, the Miss Fats. Oh, man. They must I was be, not they aware must be chunky. Yeah. That'd be great. Are you familiar are they all, with... Are they already fat? They are already fat. They've got an amazing website. It's incredible. And going for a few years, I love them. The Miss Fats from Portland, Oregon. When you guys were doing your Misfits thing, did you continue on your Misfits thing right into right now with Turbo Geist? Do you still wear the face paint? No. Whoa. I've had a couple of gigs with face paint, but not, not really trying to do anything like the Misfits. No, but... That uh, was a long time ago, the shit thing. Um, yeah, that was it was that was that was a while back, our teenage years. Um, but yeah, no, we we'd like to we like to get a little bit extravagant. Face paint, use paint's a little awesome. bit of face paint sometimes. But you know, it's definitely a nod to the, to those guys. Um, I wore a Japanese warrior mask last night. Yeah, it was it was kind of kinky. Yeah, how was last night? Where did you guys play the Lit Lounge? Where did you play? Uh, we we played uh, we Don played Hill. Don Hills last night, um, which is a great venue in New York City. Um, and we played Lit Lounge the night before that. Yeah, it's been, it's been, New York's been kind to us. We've had a lot of good shows. And you're coming to Toronto, Ontario as well. Have you been there before? Hell yeah! Yeah. T-Dot. <laughs> Big up the T-Dot. Um, we're really, we're very excited about our trip to Toronto, yeah. 
Um, we're going to play a few shows, and we're going to record with uh, John Drews, one of your um, one of your national treasures. There, he's um, done done. He's produced um, Dillinger Escape Plan and um, um, Tokyo Police Club and Fucked Up. Um, great bands from 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 Canada. And you're going to be playing with the Strange Boys too. Yeah, yeah, yeah we are. The Strange Boys, they're great. I never heard them until we got the opportunity, but we listened to them a lot recently. There. And you are Turbo Geist from Kentish Town, speaking to me, Nardwarta Human Serviette, on the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show. And I was wondering, James, what was the first punk gig that you went to? I was wondering, what was the first punk gig that you went to? And you, Lewis, what was the first punk gig that you went to? I was thinking, James, that the first punk gig that you went to probably was the Rolling Stones, because, like, Mick is your dad. Mick Jagger is your dad, right? That's correct, indeed, yeah. Mick Jagger is your dad, and to him... To many people, he's the original punk. I've seen him wearing, like, Sex Pistols shirts. Was that the first punk gig you went to, to Rolling Stones? Yeah, we could say that, definitely. Um, I've, I saw a few few punk gigs uh, in, in my time, but I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far to call the Rolling Stones punk. I but... think they probably inspired punks, like Iggy and the Stooges and MC5 are probably the first punk band. Or Richard Howe, but the Stones definitely inspired that. Well, yeah, the um, Stones kicked it all. I guess I was curious, James and Lewis, what was the first punk gig that you went to? The first one you remember, like the first DIY punk gig that you went to? I saw you uh, wearing some Gallows T-shirts there, James. Was that the first punk gig you went to, or how did you get into the Misfits? <laughs> uh, I, I got into the Misfits. I don't know, you know, um, like I was, a friend of mine gave me some CDs when I was like twelve or thirteen, and was like, "Yeah, you got to get into this this hardcore shit." And um, yeah, I, 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 I've had the pleasure of seeing uh, Doyle and Danzig play a show together, but I never got to see the Misfits as such as they were. The first punk gig I went to, I probably, I went and saw GBH when I was like 14 or 15. I, I would class that as probably the first one. My first punk gig's a bit lamer, but they're, they're still good. You know that band Phoenix TX, Nardwa? I have not, I, no, I don't actually. Well, they're part of that whole pop-punk movement in the late 90s, early <laughs> 2000. Oh, damn. Uh, that was probably the first one, and then the, the first good one was probably the Bronx at the Camden Underworld, and they were supported by the Distillers. They used to be a great um, female-fronted band. <coughs> They've kind of dissolved now, sadly. And then after that, how long was it before you started playing Lewis and started doing rock yourself? Um, well, ever since I sort of got into music like that, started reading Kerrang!, I always wanted to play guitar, but I didn't really get into it until I left school, which was when I was 17. Who so are... I guess from the age of 17, I'm 24. I was 24 yesterday, actually, so I'm still kind of 23 in my head. I haven't got over the hangover yet. So you celebrated your birthday with a gig then? Of course, yeah. the best yeah, way the to best do it. The birthday. most dangerous way to do it, but the best way to do it. Well, that's what they say. What you do on your birthday, you do all year round. That means it's going to be rocking all year round. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. With, like with Turbo Geist, and we're speaking here to Turbo Geist from Kentish Town, England, London, England, but they're phoning right Fire now. the meatpacking district. <laughs> But they're, they're phoning from the Meatpacking District in New York City to the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Who are who who are Thrush Metal? Who are Thrush Metal? They look amazing. They're our sister band. This is uh, I basically produced them, and they've been going on for about a year. And um, yeah, basically they're about to release the EP, and we are behind them the whole way. We just finished recording it. 
Is that your uh, girlfriend, Lewis? Emma Chitty? Yeah, a- Emma Chitty, yeah. And she's a model? She's not a model. She's an artist and she's a musician, but people take pictures of her and sometimes put her in magazines, but I wouldn't call my girlfriend a model. How she's- about the competition between the bands? Because there's a band, Thrush Metal, as I mentioned, your girlfriend's band, and they have a song called Pussy, and you have one called Monster Pussy. Is it like a competition between the two bands? Not really, but, you know, it's always good to have a bit of competition between, you know, artistic friends. It always keeps the sort of keeps ball things, rolling. Keeps, things, keeps healthy. things healthy and fresh and organic. But no, our song Monster Pussy is about drug addiction and serious things. Their song Pussy is literally just about pussy. Putting pussies in places. <laughs> it's a great tune, though. It'll be an anthem. All the, all the 15-year-old girls out there in Vancouver will be listening to it this time next year. Can I just say, Vancouver is one of the, one of the nicest places I've ever been to. I had, a, I had a very good time in, in BC when I was there a few years back, and um, you've got a lovely city there. Is weed legal in Vancouver? Mm, I don't think so. Legal in one place in Canada. There are some interesting connections that you guys have to Vancouver as well, because you mentioned, James, coming to Vancouver. Well, Andrew Luke Oldham, original manager of the Stones, used to live in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I believe he did. Um, <laughs> And as well, the Twilight guy shoots a lot of his movies here. Robert Pattinson, he shoots a lot of movies here in Vancouver. And you know him. Like the Twilight movies, not well. There's a good connection there, eh? It's a good industry for Vancouver. They even have, twi- yeah. they even have Twilight tours there, Turbo Geist. Do you know that? They have Twilight I, tours here in Vancouver. I didn't, I didn't know that Twilight was such... I, 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 it's, it's a huge industry, isn't it? It's an industry. Like, they'll take people on tours and show them where they shoot the movies, and the movies are still shooting, and people make money taking photos of all the stars around town. Oh, people love the Twilight thing in Vancouver. And it's great you have sort of a... Conne- you went to school with Robert, the guy from Twilight, right? Yeah, yeah, he, he's a very cool guy. He was a he was a really really chilled out guy at school. Um, yeah, he kept in touch at all. Uh, from time to time, actually, he uh, yeah, he's a nice guy. And how about Tom Guinness? Do you know Tom Guinness at all? Yeah, we know Tom. We've been hanging out with him a lot in New York. He lives in New York. Yeah, he's, he's a beautiful man. Who is Tom Guinness? He's a school friend. I went to school with Lewis him. went to school with him. He introduced me to the Pixies actually when I was fifteen. Oh, interesting. And and do you know his family, the Guinness family, built the Lions Gate Bridge in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? I did not know that. They built a bridge. So his family's really helped people out, hasn't he? Like, he helped turn you onto the Pixies, and he helped by building a bridge here in Vancouver, the Lions Gate Bridge. Wow. Literally bridging the gap. It's baboom. Connections to Turbogeist from Kentish Town, speaking right now from the Meatpacking District in New York City. Turbogeist are coming to Toronto to play a whole bunch of gigs with the Strange Boys, and we're going to play a whole bunch of their tracks just after this interview, winding up here on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Now, at South by South by Southwest, you guys, I love South by South by Southwest, you played some interesting parties, didn't you? Yeah, we had a real good time in South by Southwest. Those Texan, Texan boys and girls, they know, they know how to throw a party. Um, what, do. And what was that particular party that you played with there, James, where it was like Perry Farrell's nephew and then Lenny Kravitz's daughter all together in one gig with Turbo Geist? Yeah, and we are scientists. Yeah, that was a weird gig. Now, do you well, think- we made some good friends from that gig, though. Do you think that they line? Do you think they line that whole thing up there, James? Because they knew, you know, Mick Jagger was your dad and all that sort of stuff. So they put you in this gig with all these other nephews and sons and daughters. Um, I'd I'd like 
to think not, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm quite naive, um, so it could have it, uh, it, it could have been for those reasons, but, you know, I hope hopefully it was on the musical merit. What seemed pretty hilarious, actually, Perry Farrell's nephew, Lenny Kravitz, do- what a night that must have been. Holy smokes. <laughs> and, yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was, it was a pretty funny night. <laughs> And you were the band Turbo Geist from Kentish Town. And now I must ask you there, James, your mom, I mentioned Mick Jagger, your dad, but your mom, she is the coolest, isn't she? She actually is the coolest, yeah. There's there's no denying that. Because your mom, Jerry Hall, you had mentioned you had hung out on the movie Batman when you were little. You were hanging out on the Batman set. Yeah, it's literally... I, it was it was like my dream when I was a kid. Like I never stopped talking about it. It was it was awesome. I got to sit in the Batmobile. Now I have uh, something that's a bit more exciting than that. Your mom, Jerry Hall, also got bit by Eddie Murphy in Vampire in Brooklyn. That was a great film. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Murphy. Okay. Like, what about Eddie that's Murphy? Way better than Twilight. That film. That's a good vampire film. Well, that's what I was wondering there, James. Eddie Murphy. Did you like Batman better than Eddie Murphy? Did he get a chance to meet Eddie Murphy at all? Eddie Murphy. I never got a chance to meet Eddie Murphy, but he's, he's a really funny guy. I've watched I've watched his Raw tape many times, and um, um, he's 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 a very funny guy. His um his movies lately have been going a bit I don't know going a bit sour. I, I think he's. He's losing some integrity there, but he's he's a he's a funny guy. And James, your mom, Jerry Hall, also was an urban cowboy with John Travolta. <laughs> John yeah. John Travolta. I think that happened before you might have been born. But have you ever heard your mom talking to John Tra- John Travolta? No, I've never heard her talking to John Travolta. But she's I know she's very actively anti Scientology, so I don't think she would have kept a relationship with John. Um, as he's a strong Scientologist. Um, but um, he's a very cool guy. His dance moves are great. Did, did she say anything about Urban Cowboy at all? Like, Urban Cowboy. That is, like, amazing. <laughs> it really is. No, she never mentioned it, man. Like, does it ever, like, it never comes up on TV or you can't, like, buy a DVD? you got to, like, buy the DVD and pop it in and get her to do some commentary. Maybe she's already doing a commentary on that. All right. Well, it's, that sounds like a good evening, Nadwa. I might have to take your advice and and get it popped in, and yeah, so, have, have a. So it was Sam that helped set up this interview. And again, we're speaking here to James and Lewis from Turbo Geist. Actually, have you guys played any gigs with Turbo Negro at all? No, but I've been to their pizza place in Norway. They have a pizza place. Great. I never knew that. Yeah. What was that like? What sort of pizza do they have? Yeah, the, 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 the guitarist, I think, I don't remember what his name is, but he's got a pizzeria in Oslo, and we went there, and it was kind of half shut down already. How was the pizza? Going for it. Oh, the pizza. The pizza was good, you know? I mean, pizza's pizza, but it was good. Pizza's it was, not pizza. It was that thin sliced pizza, not the, not the big stuff, the thick stuff they got here. Not that Chicago get. town. No, it was, it was good stuff. Now, a Jane, lot crazy to the recipes they have there. James, when Lewis goes out, does he get in fights? No, well... He tries to get in fights. He's a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. He's 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 a small guy, but he likes to um he likes to he likes to play devil's advocate and rile people up. Like he told someone the other night, he was going to skin them alive, and this guy looked like a pro wrestler or something. And um, <laughs> yeah. he would have got it. He, 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 yeah, <laughs> I, I have to basically ha- help out 
in the uh, stopping of him getting beaten. Well, I thought you, Lewis, actually did get involved in some fights in South by Southwest when you fought a cactus. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had a really big fight with a cactus, but sadly the cactus won. Because that sounds horrible, actually, falling on a cactus. Yeah. yeah, well, kind of, I was in a taxi having an argument with our friend Alan Ferguson, who was kind of hanging out with us in Texas and giving us a place to sleep. And I was kind of shouting him about Texas, like, casual racism. And then I basically fell out the cab when we got out and landed in the cactus. So I guess that's karma. Did I guess ha- casual racism is all right. Did any of the pricks prick you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had a couple of pricks prick me. Yeah. Um, he was, like, picking them out of his arm for, like, three days. Yeah. And Lewis, is James into fighting at all? James? No, I mean, we've had a couple of ruffles ourselves, but nothing really. Well, I thought, James, you're into fighting because you, you're into fighting because you're into Korean War movies. You're into Korean War movies. You're writing a Korean War fighting movie. Uh, yeah, well, it's actually about, it's a love story, actually, Nardwa, but... Um, oh, sorry, yeah. okay. It's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> but there is fighting in the, there was fighting during the Korean War, so it is a fighting yeah, background. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's fighting in it. I, um, uh, you know, I love, I love violence in movies. Uh, in real life, it's a little bit painful, but um, yeah, it, you know, it's. Uh, I, I think a great war movie is, is the best shit, man. You know, you get to get to relate. You get that empathy. It's the love, the loss. You know, everything. Good soundtrack. So what's this movie you're writing? What's the name of it? When will it come out? And will you guys do the soundtrack? Uh, it may never come out. Um, at the moment, it's still untitled. And we'll definitely do the soundtrack. We'll definitely be on that soundtrack. Don't you worry about it. Um, we'll just, Lewis will do like some atmospheric licks in the background. Some dead, dead man, Neil Young-esque licks in the background. Yeah. And I don't think we'll be able to get Johnny Depp in it. He's... It costs too much to get these days. Oh, who much? Who would be too much? Uh, Johnny Depp. Got it. And yeah. James, I was curious. I mentioned this earlier about you know what got you into punk rock and stuff, and thinking that the Stones were the first punk band. But your dad, Mick Jagger, the punk shirt that he was wearing, like he's wearing like a Sex Pistols punk shirt. What did your dad think of punk rock? What does he think of Turbo Guys? What does he think of punk? Did he like the early punk bands that were coming out there? Yeah, well, I think he uh, he appreciates the, definitely the movement, you know. As far as musically, uh, you know, I think he's he's into some he's he's into he's into some stuff. I think, but he likes um, he likes good good tones and you know like uh, well written songs and, and that kind of thing. I think more than some scuzzy, filthy punk stuff. But so he must love the Clash. Yeah. He was a big fan of the Clash. He actually he, he's he's told me that a few times, and and uh, I think the Sex Pistols shirt it was just a, it was just a really cool shirt, man. And and like we said earlier, John Lydon's a, a very intelligent guy, and he was he was around you know before he started all that punk stuff. He was he he was going to Rolling Stone shows all the time, and he was he was going to Thin Lizzy shows, and you know he, he's I got to give it up. Yeah, Thin Lizzy, God, they were a great band. Thin Lizzy. Well, you said, James, you went to GBH. GBH was one of your earlier punk gigs? 
Yeah, yeah. Now, I was just picturing this. How did that work, James? That, like, you got out of your house with your mom, Jerry Hall, and then your dad, Mick Jagger, drove you to the GBH gig, and then you got out and then went to the gig, no, and your I, dad I, picked no, you up? No, I, I, I never lived with my dad. Like, he was, uh, he split from my mom when I was very young, and so I never really lived with my dad. He definitely didn't drive me anywhere to any punk shows. No, I just thought that would have been incredible. Wouldn't it, James? Like, your dad driving you to GBH. I just thought that would be incredible. Like, the guys in yeah. G- that would that would it's be. It's a good mental image, man. I'd really like like I can see him in like a chauffeur outfit right now, and I'd be like, I'll be outside at twelve. You better come out, curfew. Um, but no, he was never that kind of dad. Has he helped you out at all with guitars? Like the guitar you're playing. I saw a picture. You're playing an SG. Is that what you play an SG? Yeah, I play an SG. Yeah. And what does um, Lewis play? Lewis play a Fender Stratocaster with a Fat Strat humbucker, Seymour Duncan humbucker. So was there any history on those two guitars at all, James or Lewis? Like, James, is that your dad's guitar? Does your dad have a a good guitar collection that he's pilfered from Keith Richards or anything like that? I reckon he's pilfered a couple of axes, but um, no, I've got a bit of a problem. I'm I'm, I'm a Southpaw, so um, I can never, I've never had the opportunity of stealing any guitars off off my dad, so... um, yeah, that, that that guitar I bought off eBay actually. Um, there was an exciting eBay purchase. I watched the countdown ticking, ticking as I knew that my bid was the highest, and I was I was just very expectant, waited by the door for four days, and, and then he won. And then I won. I won the SG. Um, what year was it? What year was the SG? Uh, the SG, I believe, is a '92 edition, but I bought it in uh, in the year 2004. And what about you, Lewis? What sort of guitar do you have, i.e., what year is your guitar, and what's the history behind it? Um, basically, I had a Squire that I got when I was like, to my first Phoenix TX gig, and I put lots of Blink-182 stickers all over it. And then when, my, when I was ready to sort of beg my dad to get me a guitar, he got me a proper Fender Strat, and I've been touring with, with it ever since, really. But the, the, if you want to, the, the, the SG as well was... Um, it's made of glass. It's, it breaks every time I use it. Yeah, um, Gibson don't make... They're quite flimsy guitars unless you go for a Les Paul, but they're, they're very heavy. But I've broken the neck uh, so many times that the back of it looks ridiculous. It looks just like a, a pastiche of glue right now, but um, it's a good... It's a good... Tonally a good guitar. Yeah. We found our bassist, by the way. He's alive. Live. Oh. And you are Turbo Geist, speaking to me, Nardwarda Human Serviette from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and Turbo Geist are from Kentish Town in London, England, phoning me, Nardwarda Human Serviette, from the Meat Packing District in New York City. And lastly, you're winding up, Sam, Sam Gilbert, helped set up this interview. Thank you, Sam, for helping set up Thank this you, interview. Sam. What ex- Out of what exactly is Sam's role, James? Because your dad's band, the Rolling Stones, had Alan Klein. Is Sam Gilbert the Alan Klein of Turbogeist? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. He's, uh, he's, 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 he's learning his trade. Um, he doesn't walk around with a cricket bat or anything, but... Uh, yeah. No, well, I hope he'll have a shotgun Led Zeppelin manager vibe. Yeah. The suit and a shotgun. Um, but yeah, no, he's, 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 he's a good dude. He, he, he gets shit done. And when you guys go up on stage, you're saying that sometimes you've used face paint up on stage? Yes, a couple of gigs. We have no aversion to face paint. And the manager, your manager, Sam, he's used face paint as well? No. Every day. Only on on Halloween. 
Because I saw a picture of him in face paint. And I was thinking that's great devotion to the band Turbogeist, that if the manager dresses up as well. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the kind of thing, you know, it's, 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 it's infectious, you know. Once you get the bug, face paint, cross-dressing, you can't help yourself. And J- if you're the manager. James, lastly here, your dad, Mick Jagger, does he have any old lyrics lying around? Like, can you steal some old lyrics to use? Or does he have, like, <laughs> like, like, does he have a riff bank at all? Like a bank filled with riffs, you know, tapes and stuff like that. Did him keep, you could go, oh, well, you guys didn't use that riff. We'll use that riff. Like, there must be a lot of lyrics and riffs around that you could maybe take, too. Like, a lot of pilfering. I, I mean, I, I, I'm sure if, if I was that way inclined, I might be able to find some, but I, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see my dad as often as I'd like. So when I see him, I don't really want to rob him anyway. But, um, <laughs> but, but you yeah, know, what? no, sure. But you know what I mean, like about the, like when you guys in Turbo guys, you, you've been, around, how long have you been around playing? About a year and a half. Year and a half, yeah. So you've been around long, because at least I'm sure you've come up with some riffs or ideas that just don't work, but are going to be awesome someday. So there must be, with all the years of Rolling Stones around, like the ultimate riff that never worked, that maybe you could get access to, and then that would be amazing to you to, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the ultimate riff is probably just lying there on some tape somewhere. I think it's best to find the ultimate riff yourself, you know? Find it. Yeah, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and uh, if, uh, if if we find a new Nardwa, we'll send them to you. And if you want to start your own little group, you know. Well, thank you. Sure. You you called it exactly. I've been doing a lot of rock and roll for quite a few years, and I've always been looking for the ultimate riff. I don't know if you can tell that, but I have been looking for the ultimate riff, and I think I've found it a few times, but it's never quite worked out. The ultimate riff. I've, this every band has like the ultimate riff, and they just can't convert it into like the ultimate song. It's just really sad, so that's what I was just curious about. And lastly here, James, have you met Mick Taylor at all from the Rolling Stones? You know what? I never met Mick. He's a great, technically a, a fantastic guitar player, but I, I never got never got a chance to meet him, actually. He was, um, he was out of there before I was born, so, um, yeah. Well, um, thank well, thank you very much, Turbogeist. Really appreciate you phoning into the Nardwara Human well. Serviette radio show. And we're going to play a couple tracks by you guys now. What can you tell the people about the tracks we're going to play? We're going to play Ice Cold and Alien. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, Alien is um, it's about, it's about this chick that landed, um, landed in outer space. And um, she, well, from outer space. And she, she came and rocked my world. And it's just about, like how it's tough for society and people to, to come to terms and understand that with my love with this alien, you know, it's like, um, yeah, it's kind of a, doing, some, doing some sort of silhouettes of how people may have felt about, you know, a certain race or interracial Especially relations. Especially when they meet them over the internet and don't even know what they look like until they actually bump into them. But this girl from outer space, she was, she was actually the one. Sadly, she left us, though. She had six titties and a nipple on the middle of the face. So we will hear Alien by Turbo Guys, as well as Ice Cold Beer. I think we're going to begin with Ice Cold Beer. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Crack one open for me. I've got one right here. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty self-explanatory yeah. right there. <laughs> that, one's, uh, that one's about beer. It's, it's certainly not our most intelligent song, but um, we enjoy it. It's got a good groove to it. It's a, it's a lovely it's groove. Strong groove. Well, thanks so much for your time, Lewis and James from Turbogeist. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? No. 
keep it real, people. Keep rocking. And hopefully, if you're not too far away, come and check us out on our dates on the 18th and 17th, I believe, at North by Northeast. Yeah, we'll be playing with the Strange Boys. And Komonichi. At the Silver Dollar Room. Mm. And some other place. Yeah, it's all on our... It's all on that crazy thing called the internet. Yeah, and generally, you know, if you're down with good music and you like a bit of punk rock or just rock in general, check out TurboGeist at MySpace.com. Yeah, why should people care about TurboGeist? Why should people care? Well, people don't have to care. We're not going to make them, but but it's, you know, we, we write true music that we enjoy, you know, it's, it's not not doing this for vanity or any, right. any other altruistic reasons. And there's a lot of crappy music out there. So, like, we like good music and we believe that the music we play we could listen to ourselves. So I think that's what most good bands or bands that I listen to are like. You know, it's good to get a message out there as well, but then it's also good to have a fun time song. You know, people like to party, especially in times like these. You're always going to have to have a party, otherwise things just get a bit sad and lonely, you know? Well, thanks so much, Turbogeist. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 There's no surprise I'm not ashamed Of even thinking about drinking beer again when I open the fridge, six pack on the shelf.
You're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there a little bit of Turbo Geist. You heard two songs by Turbo Geist, Alien and Ice Cold Beer. And to end the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, in honor of Turbo Geist, I thought I would play some 8-tracks. Yes, I've brought some 8-tracks in to the station here today to play for you guys. These are actual 8-tracks, and I bought my 8-track player. Yes, I bought my 8-track player, because you buy an 8-track player, say it like at a value village, and you bring it down to the radio station, and you plug it in, and you can play your 8-tracks, as long as you bring the 8-track player. So I have the 8-track player, and the first 8-track I'm going to play, and I'll go through the different channels on the 8-track, there's four different tracks here on the 8-track, is a tribute to the Rolling Stones. A salute to the Rolling Stones. Hit songs performed in the style of the original artists. And right now, this is by the band called The Cloud Sings. So I'm going over here to the 8-track machine. I'm plugging, I don't know if you can hear that, but I'm plugging it in the 8-track machine. And let's see what we got. So what's really cool, so you can hear it. Here's me changing the channel. I love what eight tracks it's on a continuous loop so you just push the channel changer the track changer and it goes to another place this goes around and around so here we go
change it again. And the great thing about 8-tracks, you don't like it? You pull it right out, and you can plug something else in. As I was mentioning, that what I was playing right there was a salute to the Rolling Stones, hit songs performed in the style of the original artist, and I have a whole series of these. Here's another one. This is a tribute to Elvis Presley, of course, not by Elvis Presley, and we'll put it in the 8-track player. And what do we got going here? Are you sorry we drifted apart? Does your memory... to Elvis on 8-Track. There's an actual 8-Track cartridge that I'm playing right now. I'll change the channel. And for the... Pull it right out. You can pull it. You have to be careful, though, when you pull it out. That's how it actually stops. There's no eject button. You just actually pull it out because you don't want to rip the tape, the actual 8-Track tape. There could be a problem. Now, we've had a tribute to the Stones, a tribute to Elvis. What about... A salute to Chicago! So we'll put this guy in. Ah. Let me feel your warm sunlight on me. And have you had Night was long and night was cold. Change the track? I'm not saying any of this is painful. Oh, it may be painful for you to listener, but it's never painful for the guy behind the 8-tracks, playing with 8-tracks, because there's always something new to pop in. They're really cheap to buy, and you can just yank them out. And right now, here's an example of new wave on 8-track. I wanted to bring you the Sex Pistols on 8-track, but I have that sealed, and I bought it for $25. So I don't really want to play it on machine and risk breaking it. So I brought my... <clears throat> Duran Duran from 1982. So it wasn't always 60s stuff on 8-track. It wasn't always 70s stuff. It went all the way probably till about 89. I think Chicago. In fact, the band Chicago, I think, was the last available 8-track that was ever made. And it was 1989 that it came out. And it came out as one of those book of the month club things. Like you'd order off TV, that sort of thing. You couldn't actually get it in stores. I think in stores they were discontinued. Maybe like 84, maybe even 82. Could have been discontinued in 82. But here we have... Duran Duran. I'm going to plug Duran Duran just to show you to some new wave. Is that even new wave? Here's some new wave. Change. Again, we're going through the tracks here of actual eight tracks that I've brought into the Nardwarty Human Serviette radio show here today to play to you, the listeners. And that was Duran Duran. Ah! Now, 
You might think eight tracks are dead in the 21st century. No, they are not. New bands also make eight tracks. Now, you can't get them commercially made anymore, but you can make them by hand. And here's a product of that. The band Head from Seattle, Washington, and their eight track, Bomb to Vietnam. And I'm going to put that, this is a brand new band. And how do you make an eight track? Well, simply, as I mentioned, you go to a Value Village, you go to a Salvation Army, you buy an eight track player. A lot of them have audio in, and you just hit record, and then you go from your CD player right to the eight track. Sounds horrible, doesn't it? Going from CD to eight track or MP3 to eight track. And here's Head. Now, let's. This is interesting. Of all the ones I've played. Oh. Now, now, okay, that was, oh, that was amazing what just happened. You might wonder what the hell happened right there. You heard like a bit of shaft or something. What happened there probably was the band head from Seattle, now here existing in the 21st century, went to a Valley Village or a Sally Ann, and they didn't erase the tape properly. So when they recorded on it, a little tiny bit of the song that was on there before ended up on the 8-track. Because the 8-track's on a continuous loop, sometimes at the end of the song, there's some extra blank space. So if you don't erase it, you'll get whatever used to be on there. And in that case, it probably was a bit of shaft. Here's Head on 8-track. of head on 8-track again to get rid of the 8-track. You just pull it out right there. 8-tracks can be found all over the place and more information on 8-tracks probably the best place to check out for information on 8-tracks is 8-trackheaven.com and you go through the big list of all the amazing stuff that's on 8-track. Like I mentioned, I got the Sex Pistols on 8-track but there's more holy grails than that on 8-track like Lou Reed's, Lou Reed's Metal Machine Music that's on 8-track. There's, I think even there is some Dead Boys on 8-track. I think the Jam it's just amazing like some amazing obscure stuff. There's also some classic albums on 8-track that are really quite enjoyable. This right here is a double pack, a double play 8-track of Pet Sounds slash Carl and the Passions. Because the record company didn't think Pet Sounds was popular enough to be released on its own, they released it with Carl's solo album. So, Pet Sounds Carl and the Passions by the Beach Boys. Pop this in. Popping it in the 8-track player, in case you're wondering. Okay, what do we have happening right there? Now, either that is the tape. Oh! That was a dropout for a minute there. I was afraid that the tape was actually breaking. 
So I'll change the track. Now, one thing to keep in mind, people listening, yes, this is a radio station, and radio stations for years did have carts. A cart machine looked very much like an 8-track machine and worked on the same principles. So you might be saying, well, right now I'm playing an 8-track. You know, I'm playing a cart. No, I'm actually playing real 8-tracks right here, and I'm going to change the channel of the track right now of Carl and the Passions. Drop out. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness it did not break. Pulled that one out right there. So right now, we're going to return to the Rolling Stones here in honor of Turbo Geist. Here is a tribute to the Rolling Stones as performed by The Clouds Sing, recorded live at Sam Studios, Los Angeles, California. Also, again, for more information on 8-Tracks, check out 8-TrackHeaven.com. And also, there's an incredible movie called So Wrong, They're Right by Russ Forster on DVD, which you can check out, which documents the amazing history of the 8-Track cartridge. Oh. And you can hear the bleed. So here's tribute to the Stones to take you out on an Artwardian Human Survey radio show. interrupt songs or maybe I do but listen to that fidelity it's incredible eight tracks rule (laughs) 